Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel, on this March the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2020. And being a Rumination Thursday, I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Hi, Wes. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing pretty good. We're doing something a little different today, and that is that we have our calls from the home, and they're encouraging people not to show up at Synod right now. In fact, the front doors are locked, and only those people that are needed to run the programs and other items in the Synod building are taking place. And that will happen also tomorrow with Open Mic Friday. I've got some emails I'm going to be responding to, and maybe we'll get some more today after we talk about our subject. And what's the subject you came up with today, Wes? Well, it's a combination of three articles, but it's about the coronavirus uh, shutdown and how it disrupts uh, churches and false religions out there. Um, in particular, one that, that I sent you talked about uh, is God punishing us. And as a Muslim who, who's somewhat of a universalist, you know, the universalism that there's uh, anybody's God gets you to heaven. Yes. He, uh, he talks about the pilgrimage to Mecca has been shut down and what, what a strain that puts on on the Muslim who want to make the pilgrimage and how that uh, uh, was the first time in, in the history of the Muslim faith to happen. Then he jumps over to Christians and, and the time of Noah, leaving out completely uh, Christ. And uh, he says, is God punishing us for, for things that are going on? Is, is how he looks at it. A second article well, let's well, stay with uh, that one for a moment. Okay. Um, this is a very typical understanding of individuals who are not believers, that they see their experience as even either being a reward from God or a punishment from God. So if things are going well, God loves them. And if things are not going well, God doesn't love them, which contradicts the gospel in a nutshell, for God so loved the world. World. In other words, God's love doesn't go up and down depending on your behavior. He may not appreciate when you're sinning, but it doesn't mean that he stops his love. And the best example I can think of, how many times do you see a crook arrested in jail and nobody wants to talk to him anymore, but who's always visiting him? Mm -hmm. His mother. chaplain. His mother. Yes, the mother oh, I, is I know. always there. I know here in Central Illinois we have a uh, chaplain that goes to to the prisons, and he he's probably number two. Mother's number one, and he's number two in visiting the the prisoners. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, you had a chaplain there, and he invited me a few times that I went into the district, into the prisons. I even went to the Dallas prison. And uh, right now, 
they are closing down the prisons in the sense of visitors are hardly even able to go unless it's immediate family or something. So, well, it's not only that, it's, it's the hospitals. I have a friend in the hospital, and, and yeah. we're restricted from going to see him. Well, I belong to St. Paul's in De Pere, Illinois, and uh, the congregation I usually was preaching at canceled services, so I went with my wife last night to the Lenten service. And they had a really interesting, it's a, a very, very large sanctuary, but there were only about maybe 40 people there instead of the normal 600 or whatever. And what they had done, they had roped off every other pew. So you were kind of forced to sit at least six feet away from each other. We did not take an offering. You dropped it in the offering basket at the end. And the Lord's Supper was done in a different way where you just walked up and received it. You didn't go up to the altar area where you had to hold on to a banister or anything. So they had a number of different ways of doing it, but we're still continuing to have services there. And I could tell that the people appreciated that they were able. So most of the churches, in fact, I understand you're in Illinois, the restaurants right. have closed down except for drive-through. Yep, the restaurants are closed down. They they recommended that any place that has groups of fifty or more that meet, that they they close down. So, what's happened is quite a number of churches have uh, suspended their services, but uh, they've gone to the internet. They've they've taped. Uh, Lend services and with lessons and things of that nature uh, for Sunday services. So they reach out to their members through the internet where they post it on their website, or some of them have uh, radio stations where they, they uh, conduct their services normally and remind their members to, to, to tune in on the radio. And of course, we've got KFUO that that uh, does Sunday Bible classes, Lutheran Hour, and church services. Uh, yes, in fact, um, the congregation I usually preach at in the university on Sundays is closed. So what I did, I sent my sermon uh, to them, and it's an audio, and they send it to all the members who have Internet access and on their... Um, email. Yeah, I was able yeah. to put the sermon small enough to go on an email. So that's another way. The only problem is I know a lot of older people that still don't have computers. Right. But that gets to be a bit of a problem of how, how do you reach them and, and talk to them. But that kind of segues a little bit into the second article where a Jesuit priest says, you know, we're quarantined. And one of the ways that we do it is through audio of the, of the scriptures, through the Internet, through uh, television, through uh, radio and things of that nature. And that's that's what we're seeing happening, like you did, for instance, with the church that you, you're helping out. And I've seen that in a number of other churches where they, where they use the technology to continue to bring forth the scripture to, to their members and to the world itself. Well, is this 
kind of the first pandemic that ever occurred in the world? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. I did a little research. I sent you uh, a list of, of 10 pandemics of, of people that have died. Since then, I've, I've run across a history of the pandemics, and this is number 19, going clear back to 165 A.D. Yes. In fact, the first part that what you sent me, it was the Antonine Plague. Five million people died from it. That was and the very first the, one that they yeah. Right. Then the Justinian Plague in 541, 50 right. million people died. The worst plague ever was the Black Death or what they call the Bubonic Plague. 200 yes. million. Yeah. And that was in 1351. Right. Well, it's 40, 1347 to 51. There's about a four-year process that that went through. Yeah, then you and, got the uh, smallpox, the 17th century Great Plagues, the 18th century Great Plagues, uh, 600,000 died. Cholera in... Um, 1923 it ended one people died from that uh, a third plague in 1855 12 million died yellow fever some of these i hadn't even heard about yeah and the spanish oh, uh, flu was a biggie 50 million people died there and that was and you know, uh, 1519 1918 um the Spanish flu is kind of interesting too because oh, right. while well, they they talk about the 50 million dying, it was 27 percent they said of the world population estimated at that time. So wow. over a quarter of of uh, people on Earth were were died from the Spanish flu. Yeah, I hadn't realized AIDS. 35 million people have died from HIV AIDS. Yeah, but that's from 1981 to, to the present. That's right. Because so that, it still isn't eradicated. And um, yeah, a lot of areas don't have the kind of protection. So the first part of the chart started, as you indicated, way back in 165, 180, all the way to now. Now, all the way to now, this um, coronavirus has only 7.9 thousand. Yeah, that's you know, it. it that? well, right, we're, we're really just at the very beginning of it. As I read through that, that history that I sent to you, and... Uh, Took a look at that, you know. Pause for me to reflect and and say that there is something to saying about can we postpone church, you know, worship for a week or two, and try and get get uh, a handle on these things. These things are much more infectious than we did, and I, I truly believe that what we're going through in the United States with our various public officials and um, health officials that 
that they're God's instrument to, to bring bring the death toll down uh, as much as possible, that that they are a blessing in what they're trying to do in getting a handle on this situation. Well, it began in China, in that town. I can't remember the name of it. But we just had a report today that they have had no new cases in that town for a month. That's Isn't what that they amazing? say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's other places where it's really diminished also. And uh, one would assume that with the things that are going on, you can hardly walk anywhere without seeing people in mass. And uh, I went to Costco. Uh, I was taking a look for something. And when I was there, there were people wearing masks. And then Costco was only allowing certain number of people into the store at a time. And they were also only allowing them to just take a certain amount of food. Like you couldn't take more than four cans of soup or something like that. So that there would be sufficient for anybody who was coming in to get it. Well, the question I have is, uh, how do we as Christians put a light on, on these things that are happening? Well, as Christians, for example, uh, the church that I uh, am, am helping out with, one of them, of the four, is um, uh, uh, in Macomb. And they put out an email indicating that they were just canceling services for this week and next. But if anyone needed food or if they needed help or a visit, they had church members who had volunteered to go and get their food for them and this sort of thing. And I think that's a way that Christians really show that, yes, there could be some trepidation over this but not to the point where we're not going to obey the second uh, commandments, namely about helping out our neighbor. Uh, I think that's very well put. I also look at it as uh, this is reoccurring. It's a recapitulation that we see going on through through history, just in, in these areas of the pandemics. And that's something that uh, Louis Bright brought out in his re uh, Revelation commentary. Yes. Yeah, uh, of the 16 pandemics that you sent me, uh, all the way from really big one, you know, and that was, of course, the uh, Black Death of 200 million, all the way down to what they call pretty small, and that was SARS which 770 people died from. Um, this was predicted by Jesus. And what he predicted, the end of the world could have come then, because all the signs were already there that he gave. So this idea that people have, that this shows the end of the world is coming very quickly, that's just false teaching. Well, you could have said that about the Black Plague. But, you know, it's not only that Jesus predicted these pandemic sort of situations, pestilence that would come, 
but you have the wars, rumors of wars, the earthquakes, the famines, you know, in various places. I mean, all of those things have been reoccurring since Christ's ascension into heaven. Yes, and that may not comfort too many people, but the fact of the matter is Jesus and the end of the world could come before we end our broadcast today, or it could be a million years from now. We have no idea. Well, you know, on another hand, I feel I find comfort in, in looking at that. I mean, we look at all the disasters and problems that are going on, and yes. in it, we're, we're walking. In it, we're, we're living. In it, you know, Christ is, is taking care of us, and we know he's taking care of us especially through through his death and resurrection and the forgiveness that we have that whether we live or whether we die we belong to to the lord yes and so we ought not be so frightened by this that god is not in control he is permitting this to happen we may not know the reasons why but we're pastors we don't explain God, we reveal God. And there's quite a difference. I mean, I don't think anybody's got a good explanation for the Trinity. Three persons, one God. There's all kinds of writing about it, but it finally becomes a matter of blind faith that we trust because the Bible is simply not rational or reasonable and you cannot make it reasonable uh, to an unbeliever, whereas you don't need to make it reasonable to a believer, because through our blind faith, if the scripture says it, that settles it. A, a good example would be uh, the blind man. Uh, that's the lesson for this coming Sunday, and I've already done the sermon and sent it in, is Jesus says he wasn't born blind because of his sin or the sin of his parents, but that God's glorious works could be shown through him. And I think that's the attitude we ought to have today with uh, this particular situation we're in now. Look at it as an opportunity to share with people our trust in Jesus, knowing he's still in control and that all things will work together for good to the believer. Mm, very well said. It's back to that uh, second great commandment, huh? that uh, you love others. Yes, love the neighbor as thyself. As Jesus commended the lawyer who was trying to trick him when he said the first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your might, soul, etc., and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered rightly, therefore, let me tell you about this parable about a Jew helping a Samaritan or a Samaritan <laughs> helping a Jew. And of course, <laughs> the lawyer was taken aback because he hated Samaritans and therefore he was really in trouble trying to get to heaven by obeying the commandments. And you know when I when I look at that, I also think of it in terms of cross cultural or cross races. You know, because a Samaritan was half Jewish, half half uh, Arabic, and Gentile, uh, yeah. yeah, Gentile. So 
and it, it is reaching across there and taking care of your neighbor. Yeah, the, the cultural differences kind of fade away. We've got wonderful American uh, physicians in other countries of the world, like Africa, et cetera, helping them out. Uh, just like we occasionally get Africans coming here to do missionary work, which kind of is interesting to realize. But there are towns, we just opened up, I believe, a new area in Ferguson recently, in Baltimore, where we see a, a drastic need for the message of Jesus Christ. And that comes about also with helping the neighbor at the same time in giving them comfort, even in the midst of pandemics. Now, I saw in the uh, newspaper today, they're canceling funerals and weddings. Or, or uh, some churches are, are holding them to smaller crowds and just uh, immediate families. Well, this one gentleman had quite a few friends, and so <laughs> they buried him yesterday, I believe it was, and there was just a pastor there. And they're going to have a funeral when this all decimates and minimizes and they'll be able to meet again. But right now, sure. boy. Yeah, we, we've yeah. got no assurance when this is going to kind of end I heard today uh, it could last through the whole calendar year, and a number of these schools won't be back at all anymore for this school year. Yeah, I'm a little bit more hopeful that that it will subside here in the next uh, month at least, and we'll be getting back to what, what some normalcy that uh, we've seen before. But, uh, you know, when you were talking about uh, getting out the good news, it kind of reminds me of uh, Christ's ascension, where he, where he told his disciples that uh, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Right. That uh, we, we are called cross-culturally, across many nations, across many peoples, to, to bring that good news of Jesus uh, to the world. Well, the other thing we need to realize is money, whether the government's going to come through and it's going to be, we'll be figuring that out. But when I drive for Uber right now, it's much harder to get people because the airports are pretty well deserted. Nobody's going to restaurants. And so there's not that many people. And a lot of them aren't even going to work. And if possible, like uh, my family members are all working from home. Fortunately, with the computers, etc., they're able to do that, uh, whether they're working for Perina, for um, uh, other things that they're working at, uh, computer programming. A lot of that can be done from the home. And, of course, students are getting that also from home. Yeah, you know, in uh, Louis Brighton's book on Revelation commentary, he's, he looks at all of these things happening, and he says the purpose is to move people to repentance and faith before the end of the world. Wouldn't you say that that's, that, that yeah, causes people that, that more? that would be the point. 
A couple of things I want to say. Um, because the churches I normally go to are canceling because of the Illinois law, uh, I am available for uh, Good Friday or uh, right now. Uh, anybody who is looking for a pastor for Good Friday, just contact me at longgospel at longgospel101.com. And we'll see what's going to be happening, and we're looking forward next week to see what you're going to be coming up with, Wes, that we'll be talking Thanks. about on, uh, yeah, room. well, you got all this time now. <laughs> got plenty of time to research. <laughs> yep. So that sounds really good. Okay. Good to be with you. All right. Thanks so much. And that was Wes Reimnitz. I'm Tom Baker. On tomorrow's Open Mic Friday, it really won't be an open mic because we will not be in the studio. We're going to do it from home. But I have some emails that I received that I would like to respond to. So we got plenty of material. And if you've got a question, don't hesitate to email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. And we'll attempt to answer your question. God bless. Weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa, host of Thy Strong Word, taking your questions as we go through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter. Let's read together with guest pastors from around the country and the church around the world, taking chapters and verses together in context, every passage fitting together in the Lord Jesus, because He is the Word of God. Let's read together. Thy Strong Word, weekday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. Underwritten by Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org.